True to You Radio. Energy. Exhilarating. Enthusiastic. Elevated. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore and learn what it means to live from your heart, not your head. And for those of you not quite familiar with heart dancing, it's a process of unlearning the world's messages and remembering your authentic self. When you start listening to the world's definition of happiness and success, at some point you may realize that you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied. There's always going to be something more to strive for or obtain. Heart dancing is a different way of looking at your world and looking at yourself. It's a way to return to your soul, the source of unconditional love. And the heart dancing mantra is, let love lead. And you'll understand more about that as you join me in the dance. Love knows the way. You just have to follow. Heart dancing. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore what it means to live authentically, create deliberately, and dance with life. If you are new to the show, you're going to learn a lot, and today you're in for a big treat. If you're one of my uh, loyal followers, thank you. And remember, we want to let love lead. That's the mantra for heart dancing. And today, our special guest is Dr. Suzanne Denk. She goes by Dr. Sue. And Dr. Sue is a spirit-guided transformational psychologist who helps people realize, embrace, and step into their true power. She's a catalyst for change, and she empowers others to reach deep within to accomplish what they never thought they could. Dr. Sue, besides being a, a psychologist, is also a certified angel card reader, and she shares angelic messages with the world. I cannot wait to begin this conversation. Dr. Sue, thank you so much for being a guest on the Heart Dancing Radio Show. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yes. Um, today, I want to talk to you a little bit about how did you get from being, I'm assuming, a clinical trained psychologist to becoming a certified angel card reader? I'm sure there's quite a story in that transformation. There is quite a story. Um, yes, you're right. I am traditionally trained as a clinical psychologist. I have a doctorate in clinical psychology um, from Adler University in Chicago. And um, I, I would do traditional therapy, but all of a sudden I figured out that I knew the answers before I asked the questions. I knew the right questions to ask people to help them go deeper and deeper into what they needed to do, to help them be able to find the answers that they had, but they just needed a little help finding. Hmm. So I became aware, as I became more aware of my spiritual connection, I just felt that there were angels around me and would hear little messages and they would be the right messages I needed to hear. I decided one day to make a deal with the angels. Now my deal was I know that the angels do not have 
a voice in the frequency that we can hear as humans. Mm -hmm. And that I agreed to be their voice on earth. But they needed to put it down to a frequency where I could understand it because sometimes the buzzing just gets too high and too loud that even I can't understand it. So I told them that I would be, I would welcome them into my practice. I would welcome them into my sessions because hand in hand, we could help people. I realized that they were here to help me help others be all that they could possibly be. That they kind of had a better vantage point than I did. They kind of got, they got the, the, uh, the hints. I didn't get them. <laughs> so it was really interesting because every time I would ask a question, I'd hear a little question in my ear. And before I knew it, it was coming out of my lips like I was this puppet. And all of a sudden, people were going, that's a great question. Like, wow. You know, I never thought of it like that. Hmm. Wow. And so more and more, it just came to be that, you know, the angels and I sat in session together. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I have never heard of anyone express it that way. Well, we join arms. They, they put their, you know, their wings around my, um, my office. I have to tell you a little story here, if I might. Yes, please do share. I became very aware that I was connected with angels, especially in the year of 2003. We had a fire in my building, in my office building. And when my then partner told me that we had had a fire in the building, I pictured, um, I, have like a, I call it a ragtag picture of a, somebody had created an angel out of material and buttons and all that. Mm -hmm. And I pictured that framed picture with, the wings spread around our office. And when I came to the office, I found out that the only damage to my office was one little broken window in the door where the fire department had respectfully broken one window, one pane, that they could enter my office to make sure everything was okay. That's amazing. From that day on, you know, they just kind of like camped out in my office and wherever I go. Do other people feel the presence of angels? Very often, yes. Very often. They'll come in, and it's kind of interesting because, um, okay, let's put it this way, Catherine. When would you go to some psychologist's office and say, I hear voices? Okay. <laughs> True. Um, and many of them would say, hmm, I have somebody else for you to see. It's called a psychiatrist. Right, right. And I don't, and I will just ask them, so what are they telling you? What messages are you getting? Mm-hmm. And people are just so relaxed in my office. They tell me that they walk in and they can just feel the presence of, of divine, the presence of, of source, the presence of all the angels. It just has a very, very good energy about the office. I'm very blessed. Yes, I can see that. And I can see that your welcoming attitude and you're allowing them to express that you're not judging them, you're not categorizing them, you're not labeling them and sending them down the street to the psychiatrist. Right. You are offering a warm, embracing environment. So, well, you know, I guess I always felt that's the way it's supposed to be. I really, you know, I'm, I'm a trained psychologist. However, I don't think even the most misunderstood um, people who are in mental anguish, shall we say, Mm -hmm. are ill. I think that they are trying to 
find their place in the world and speak a language that we all understand. Hmm. And you help them find their own language? I do. I do. I'll sit with them and we'll, we'll figure it out. We really will. There's, there's so much more besides just words that you can use for language. You can use art. You can use crafts. You can use singing. You can use acting. You can do anything to find the words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you say people are in mental anguish, I'm assuming they're also in emotional anguish as well? Very much. Very much. Just a lot of pain sometimes. People carry a lot of pain with them very often. Right. So if someone's sitting in your office um, and still feeling intense pain from a particular event, how would you handle that? How would you guide them through that? Mostly I will help them um, find a way to go through the pain. I don't want to help them go around it. I don't want to help them go over it. I want to help them go through the pain, locking arms with them. Mm-hmm. helping them feel safe that it's okay to do this because when I do that I help empower them they feel more empowered that they wouldn't that they, they feel more empowered that they can handle it that they can go through it and embark on the other side right right I love that so going through the pain that's when they can also see whatever the blessing is in that experience. Would you agree with that? I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Very much agree with that. And sometimes it just takes someone trained as you are to help the person in pain feel safe enough and feel confident enough that they will be able to move through it. Right. But to feel also to feel okay with that pain, to know that it can be a catapult for even better things. Right, right. So why do you call yourself a catalyst for change? Because I will hold somebody's intention until they can pick it up and do it themselves. Ooh, I love that. I will help them grow. I will stand next to them in their honor. Um... Even like self-confidence, okay? I have some people, we have an agreement. I tell them that I'm going to carry that Rubbermaid bucket with me, their self-confidence. When they're ready to pick it up, just let me know because it's ready for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that gives a person space to kind of accept where they are and perhaps see where they could be. Right. It also gives them the idea that they can indeed step into their own power. Because you believe they can. Yes. Yes, that's beautiful. I love that. Well, when people come to see you, um, Dr. Sue, are, do they know that you are spiritually guided? Not always. Okay. I didn't know they, if you disclosed that. Up, they pick it up um, when they walk in the office. I've made a lot of changes in my practice. I wasn't always spiritually guided, transformational psychology. I would just, you know, kind of like advertise as a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. And um, my practice now, I do very, very little advertising, and it's word of mouth. Right. You and know, I, the universe provides magnificently for me. Absolutely. So just give me an idea of what your office looks like. I'm really curious. My office looks like your living room. I have two, um, I have a brick wall, I have a couple brick walls in my office, and I have a TV in the corner, and I have bookcases, and I have a couple of love seats 
and there's plants all over. And in the center, there is a, um, a glass coffee table because there's always a coffee pot or a pot of tea out for others to share. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like going to a friend's house and chatting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not small. It's fairly large and there's windows and we can see outside. And it's just a, a warm, loving, nurturing place. Do you have any crystals in your office? I have so many stones in my office. <laughs> I was gifted with a uh, couple of actually bins full because somebody had been making jewelry out of them. Mm-hmm. And she decided that she no longer wanted to, but she knew the right place to send them. She sent them to me. And so now they are always being adopted out. Yes. I have a tray of them and I'll say, take what calls you. And your clients, I'm sure, take you up on that. They do. I've even had kids take me up on it. And I have a book that identifies them. So they pick one up. And of course, some of the younger ones have to look everything up, right? Right. And I've got a couple of kids, a couple of young boys even. They're like 10, 11 years old. They went and, went, went and got their own books so that they can start doing that too. Oh, so they could learn it on their own. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. Well, you have also written a book, haven't you? The Inner Circle Chronicles. I have. Could I you co-authored t- it. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. The Inner Circle Chronicles is 12 women who got together. Okay. I'm sorry. Say that again. I dropped that. I'm sorry. I dropped something. Sorry about that. No um, problem. It's uh, 12 women who got together. And uh, we, we speak about, we, we, our byline is that we're intuitive women leaders of the new economy and that we transform lives and businesses with soul and spirit. Mm. So there's 12 of us. It was inspired and edited by Ann Deidre. And she's done a couple other uh, Inner Circle Chronicle books. Mm-hmm. And, um, we all got together and we tell our story. We tell our story about um, survival. We tell our story about thriving in economies where others may not thrive. And when I say the economy, I don't necessarily mean the money part of it. Right. I mean the world in which the odds were maybe stacked against us, but that we all kind of rolled through and we, we made it. So what is this new economy? The new economy is the economy of spiritual energy. Mm. Can you explain that a little bit more? Sure can. Spiritual energy to where we... I think as a people, many of us have become more aware of our relationships with divine, with source, with spirit, however you may refer to the other side. Mm -hmm. And that the economy is the exchange of the energy between us and them. And how we meet in the middle. How the economy is really one of love. I was about to say, is love the currency of the new economy? Oh my goodness, is it? Yeah. <laughs> how did I know you would know, and how did you know that that was it? Right. Well, I actually um, have written on that. Mm-hmm. I've written several articles on that. So, yes, I just so- had to take that leap. <laughs> You do, you know, 
the funny part about this book, Catherine, is we had met online and uh, each of us had had some, we did some work with Anne and she said, I'm going to write a book. Would you like to be a part of it? So I thought, well, you know, people are always asking, when are you going to write that book? Mm-hmm. You know that story. So I took the leap of faith and we talked a while. The 12 of us talked a while via uh, Skype and everything and on our, our conference calls. And then we decided we needed to meet. We needed to meet and we needed to get to know each other since we were all writing this book. Right. So we all took that leap of faith and we ended up in Nantucket. Ooh, I love Nantucket. I've never been there before and I'm thinking, you know what, if I told some of my friends that I'm leaving this nice little town and I'm going to go meet 12 other people that I never knew on an island in the Atlantic Ocean, they're going to say, have you taken leave of your senses? No, I would say, count me in. I want to go. I know. I know. It's That's, like, beam me up. Exactly. Beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like everything was just right. Somehow it was very, very right that we met in the middle of the Atlantic. We'd never met. We roomed together. We slept together. You know, they put double beds in these old rooms. So we all had this and we just emerged amazing, amazing friends and made some lifelong friendships as a result of that. Mm. I believe one of the people that you do know, I think you know Brenda Pierce? Yes, I do. She is, she is just, she and I are just heart sisters. We are just connected beyond belief as a result of that. What a fabulous experience. Yes. Yeah. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Well, if there is another one, let me know. (laughs) I will. Why don't we create one? I'd love to. Let's do it. Let's create one. Why should we wait for somebody else to do it? I'm all over it. Let's go. Okay, you will hear from me. Okay, so uh, for for my listeners, the heart dancers, uh-huh. what would you tell them on your best advice, either from the angels or for, from yourself, as to how to live a happy and fulfilled life? I think the best advice I can give is to be quiet and listen. Because you know the answers. You have the answers within you. Mm -hmm. Quiet the noise and listen to what you hear. It's often been said that prayer is asking and meditation is listening. Mm. Can you say that again? Prayer is asking. Prayer is asking and meditation is listening. Mm, I love that. I don't think I've ever heard that. It makes a lot of sense, though, doesn't it? Yes, it really does. Prayer is more active, and meditation is more passive. It's just sitting there and listening. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to be. And I think that maybe even arm-in-arm along with that is it's okay to love yourself. Yes. It's not big-headed. For it's only in loving yourself that you can truly love another. Exactly. You can't give away what you don't have. No, no. And you know what? It's when you love yourself and you show yourself how you want to be treated and how you should be loved, you give a message to the universe, to all in the universe, that this is how you are to be loved. We give them directions. And by giving them directions just as to how we want to be loved, how much more fulfilling is it 
that when you receive it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because life really is a, a reflection of what your inner life is. Very much so. Very much so. So when there's peace, you have peace. Mm-hmm. When there's turmoil, you have turmoil. The other piece of, of maybe takeaway I'd like the audience to remember is that when you're going through a tough time, I'll share with you the way I make it through it. Okay, please. I sit and I close my eyes. And I imagine a beautiful, beautiful angel coming toward me. We call upon the angels. And in their hands, they are carrying this most magnificent gold chalice. It's encrusted with rubies and diamonds and pearls and emeralds. It's the most beautiful, beautiful piece you'd ever want to see. And I put all of my worries and all of my concerns in that little chalice. Mm. At one time, I remember I was going through a lot and I told them, you're going to need something bigger than that. (laughs) And they assured me that no, it will fit. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's okay. Because I laughed when I heard, you know, when I heard myself saying that too, it's like, Okay, so I'm doubting the angels. Okay, got it. I put everything into it. If I'm concerned, if I'm sad, if I'm hurt, if I'm angry, any of that. Anxious. You name it, it's there. Mm-hmm. Depressed, any of it. And I ask them to take the contents of that chalice to a time and place and space where it heals, where there are no negative effects in any direction, meaning past, present, or future. Mm. And then without asking, the angels return with their chalice just heaping full of love for me. And I open my arms and my heart and I accept it. So the worries, everything else you put inside the chalice you get back just incredible amounts of love. Yes, yes. Waves and waves of love, if you can imagine that. I can. So does that feeling of waves and waves of love and being engulfed in love continue even after you finish this meditation? Yes, it does. And it also makes it much easier to give love away because you know you have this endless supply of it. Mm. Which loops back around to what we just said. Exactly. That's, that's beautiful. Love that. Well, Dr. Sue, that is my cue. I can get my alarm to turn off. <laughs> Gosh. Um, that we are out of time. I'm so sorry. No problem. Yeah. It's been an honor to be on your show. Oh, thank you so much. And I've, I feel like I've just absorbed all this wisdom. And now I understand how to perhaps get in touch with my own angels. Mm-hmm. Call them. Just call them. Just say, hey, angels, I want to talk to you. Sometimes I say, yo, guys, you know, sometimes if I want Archangel Michael, I'll call Mikey. You know, it's just, they're there. They have a great sense of humor. Use it. Okay. I, 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 I will. That's incredible. I never thought about that. Well, can you tell people where to find you on the Internet? Well, there's a couple of places you can find me. You can read my blog at Dr. Sue Wisdoms at WordPress. Okay. 
And then I have a couple of uh, Facebook pages. I have one that's Wisdoms from the Heart publication. That's Wisdoms plural. Mm -hmm. Or you can look me up just at Sue Dink. And how do you spell your last name? D-E-N-K. Okay. So thank you so much, Dr. Sue. I've really enjoyed this. And I want to thank you again for being on the Heart Dancing Radio Show. My honor. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank you. Um, and just so everyone who's listening knows, I apologize for any of the sounds that have gone on. This, you know, life happens. Hopefully, you'll be patient and kind with us because we are with you. You've been listening to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore what it means to live authentically, create deliberately, and dance with life. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great day. You've been listening to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we learn to dance with our hearts, not our heads. And remember, you're now part of the tribe. Be sure and tell your friends about the magic that happens here. Uh, heart dancing, it's the only way to live. Oh, 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 oh